Ranjini Joshua. I'm the host of the Green Room Podcast. This last week, we were at MJ BizCon and we met some amazing guests and heard about some really cool brands that are innovating the cannabis industry and, and what's coming next in the new year. Hello, today we're here with Ido Margulitz, the CEO of CanBreed. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, glad to be here. Yeah, and so we're here for MJ BizCon this week. And uh, what is the most exciting thing to you um, about what's going on this week? Well, I would say that this is the first uh, conference in uh, cannabis that we're participating, and specifically okay. also in the United States. Okay. I think the most amazing thing is the sheer size of this conference and the amount of people. I mean, coming from Israel and also yeah. seeing the European operations, this is it doesn't come anywhere close to it. Yeah. So then is this your first time? You're you're exhibiting this year. We are exhibiting this year. Um, and is this your first time at MJ BizCon or at your first time exhibiting? Both. Both. Okay. Actually. Okay, okay, cool. So I would love to hear a little bit more about yourself and your business and can breed and what you guys are doing at the show, what you expect out of it and um, some exciting things that you expect to come out of cannabis in 2022. Yeah, I'd be very happy to tell you everything. Yes. So maybe a little bit about myself. Please. So I'm an agronomist by my education and also have a master's in business. I have 23 years of experience in the Israeli life sciences sector. Great. Uh, working for pharmaceutical companies and for agricultural companies. Actually, the previous position that I held before founding this uh, company was being the business development manager for Syngenta. Syngenta <laughs> is the European Monsanto. Okay. And at their seeds division, which was lead to the reason why we founded Cambry. Okay. And uh, about five years ago, uh, both me and also my, the other co-founder, Dr. Tal Sherman, we, he who was a scientist also at the seeds division at Syngenta, we decided that we want to create our own seeds and genetics company that uses this really innovative and breakthrough technology called CRISPR. I don't know if you've heard about this technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just won, by the way, the 2020 uh, Chemistry Nobel Prize. Oh, wow. This is going to revolutionize medicine and agriculture as we know it. Wow. So we already, eight years ago, we we became acknowledged with this technology and we said, okay, we're going to form our own genetics and seeds uh, uh, company. And we wanted to do new things and develop better uh, uh, agricultural crops. But there was no money. Nobody understood what CRISPR means. Here, after almost t- a decade right. after developing it, few people know about this technology. So investors knew nothing. And then we said, we want to do CRISPR on tomatoes. And so I said, well, it's not that interesting. There was no money. And then right. we looked at cannabis. And then immediately, as seeds industry people, we understood the two biggest gaps that exist in cannabis. Mm-hmm. And we said, there, well, we can solve it. And the two biggest gaps is, one, it's very expensive to grow yeah. because the genetics do not fit mass scale production. And the other problem is there's no standardization. There's no uniformity and consistency. Mm-hmm. So the two solutions are stable seeds and enhancing those seeds with uh, agronomic traits that will en- en- enable uh, very efficient and, uh, and very high quality material. Yeah, so I think what I'm hearing a lot this year and just seeing at MJ BizCon is a lot of people are focusing on the seeds because that's kind of the future of cannabis is how are we going to scale the production of cannabis and how are you going to get the same plants in different places and and, and all that. So how is that incorporated into your business and um, you know what are you looking at as the trends of what you're doing with CRISPR? So... 
I think the, the biggest solution and the, and the most game-changing solution is actually bringing those seeds. When you, you do not need to do any more cloning, no more clones. Once you have the stable seeds, no more tissue culture cloning, no more mother vegetative from other plants cloning, no more cloning. You buy a bag of seeds, 10,000 seeds, 100,000 seeds, 1 million seeds, and you put all of them in the, in the greenhouse and you get the identical plants. So it saves time, it saves labor, and after that, you get the consistency and the uniformity. This is the biggest biggest solution but as i said it's not enough because mm. still there's a lot of problems i mean agricultural crop you have a lot of hardships you have diseases attacking it you have to adapt the structure of the cannabis plant i mean the soy and the tomatoes that we consume today were actually domesticated for decades if not for centuries to fit intensive agriculture outputs and right. cannabis was not so only using crispr can you actually domesticate the cannabis plant and fit it into intensive agricultural uh, farms within a very short time? We don't have the two, three decades yeah. to wait for conventional breeding to get to that. Right. We need to do that within the next five years. And only CRISPR can do that solution. Wow. So what do you see as the biggest opportunity with that then? Um, obviously, mass scale production. Um, but coming from Israel and coming into the U.S. market, um, how are you guys kind of working through the challenges of the U.S. market. So I think that the, we solved one big challenge very easily because we are both in the hemp and also in the in the medical and recreational segment. Mm -hmm. So in the medical and recreational segment, we solved the situation in the U.S. very simply. We're not in there. Right. <laughs> Until you solve it federally, we're not touching we're not. any cannabis in, in, the, in the medical and recreational. So now we're only focused on the hemp side in okay. the United States. And I think that, as I said, we're, so we bring this uniform seed. So when you buy one million seeds from us, it's going to be identical. Consistency, standardization. But then the growers here face a lot of other problems. They face also the high THC. Mm -hmm. So with CRISPR, you can have no THC, THC-free plants. There's another downside to growing hemp because it's an outdoor production and if, at least if you want to have your production costs go really down, you can't do it in the greenhouse. Then you have uh, weeds that, right. that, that, uh, the, the, that take over the growth and the, you have 10 to 15% loss of uh, due to weeds. So we have a herbicide-resistant hemp okay. and also disease-resistant, et cetera, et cetera. So we have these agronomical trade platform that solves, basically, I would say, most of the challenges of growing hemp in the United States. So you can do it effectively and with high quality. So tell us a little bit about your team, because it sounds like you have a very scientific um, focused team. So tell us a little bit about how what you guys are doing as far as um, the research and the development within the company. I would say that we are much more a biotech company yeah. than agriculture company. So we have over 20 scientists working at the company. Most of them are molecular biologists. It's a fancy name for geneticists. <laughs> so what uh, we basically do, we look at the different challenges that the growers uh, face. We look at the traits that will solve those different challenges. Our scientists look at the genes that once you edit them, you get those traits. And then we design the CRISPR that will actually edit the gene to get the, the, the positive trait out of the plant. So okay. this is what we do. So we are basically a, a genetic biotech company that's all, uh, uh, focused uh, mainly in cannabis at this point of time. By the way, we're not only doing cannabis, but we started cannabis, we're focused on cannabis, where we're doing many other crops as well. Okay, so you're crop scientists. We are all crop scientists. Okay. Plant scientists. Plant scientists. So, okay. So what you do with CRISPR can apply to any kind of plant or agriculture. It does, and it's exactly what we do. We are also in soy. We are also in tomatoes. We are in most of the cash crops for agriculture. 
Uh, but we began in cannabis. Our right. journey, as I said, our journey actually began in cannabis because there was money in cannabis. Right. But now, uh, everybody, well, at least in, 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 my, in, in my segment, now people know CRISPR, now people uh, acknowledge the fact that all agricultural crops need to be enhanced, and only CRISPR will bring the solution for the, for the, for the future uh, agriculture and feed the world. Mm-hmm. So now it's much easier for us to get the money to do other crops as well. What kind of companies do you guys partner with? Well, we partner both with uh, multinational seeds companies. Mm-hmm. We partner also with a couple of cannabis companies. And of course, we partner with a lot of research institutes. Okay. But, but as I said, since we're not only cannabis, when I said we partner with those guys, it's not just for cannabis. It's for a lot of other things. Yes. Yeah. But, but we are looking very actively to partner with uh, uh, young plant nurseries, okay. uh, seedling nurseries, and also for cannabis. Okay. Because we see the evolution of the cannabis industry. So you have the plant and the seeds business. The next uh, uh, in the in the, in the uh, supply chain are actually the nurseries. Yeah. Because in agriculture, the farmers, uh, let's say in vegetables, which is a high-value crop grown in greenhouses, just like cannabis, the farmers, they don't buy the seeds from the seeds companies. They buy uh, 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 a, a young plant, plant, a plant from a plant nursery. Yeah, yeah. So actually, our customers are not the growers themselves. They are the plant nurseries. So we've come here to actually look for our customers because yeah. we're starting to sell in 2022. So we're we're talking to the farmers and to the growers because they're much more than them than there are nurseries, but we're also looking for the nurseries. Do you imagine that, you know, in the future when it is legal here in the United States and wherever else it's going to be legal, um, do you imagine there'll be cannabis nurseries? Of course. Yeah. In Israel, there's already starting to be a, a, a young plant nurseries for cannabis. Okay. There's very few in the United States and yeah. there's very few in Canada, but at least I can tell you what they told us in Israel. So there's young plant nurseries that are not doing cannabis, but they have the know-how and the resources to add cannabis and they said we're waiting for stable seeds there's no reason uh, for us to do any germination of seeds and to and to sell young plant nurseries if there's no stable seeds now you've come now we are entering also the cannabis industry so that that is a challenge i've heard of and don't obviously i'm not a farmer or a grower so i don't know much about it but is that a big issue for the cannabis industry where they're you know growing certain plants but not all of them are producing what they need mm-hmm. um, is it? What is like? What is the loss amount when you do a crop? Um, Typically, what, what exactly do you mean from the the, 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 the amount of the cannabinoids? Well, the you were mentioning, yeah, you were mentioning that like you know the germination doesn't kind of fully, fully um, mature. So, do, do all the seeds because the seeds are not the same or because they're not uniform? Um, are you seeing a lot of drop off of plants that they can't people can't use? Well, uh, in our products or for the other products? In general, in the industry. So I think that uh, we we met already potential clients in in, in the days that we've come before the conference. And they said, you guys have a lot of challenge. You don't need to market educate the people that you must need seeds to replace cloning. Your actually challenge is all the previous companies that came and said that they're doing exactly what you're doing and they didn't have it. So they had low germination rates. They did not have the consistency, the stability and the uniformity. So the challenge is that proving that we're not doing the same BS as the other guys before us. Right. That is the biggest challenge. And we're not BSing. We actually have 100% stable genetics. We're actually bringing the practices of the conventional seeds business. This is the first time. We've broken all the glass, uh, glass ceilings, ceilings yeah. that, that in the past decades uh, existed in this industry. 
And uh, I hope that uh, our potential customers will trust us and understand that uh, we're not doing the BS that uh, the guys before us has, have done. So you guys are coming from Israel. Can you tell me a little bit more about your, like kind of how you guys got started? How did Canbury get started in the first place? So as I mentioned, uh, us being for the seeds industry, and it was very easy for us to actually understand those gaps. Okay. So we immediately understood any agricultural crop, and, and cannabis is just another agricultural crop, by default, you have to grow it from seed. Yeah. Doing a, a propagation from vegetative propagation, you only do that if the plant does not know uh, 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 how to propagate itself from seeds. So bananas, strawberries, uh, even potatoes until recently, you did vegetative cloning, vegetative reproduction of it. And cannabis... Well, everybody knows the seeds, it does not have to produce itself. But it's not enough just to use the seed as nature has, has done it because it's not stable. Uh -huh. When you take a seeds from one plant, all the you, you get 100 seeds from one plant, all those 100 seeds, they're genetically different from each other. You need to invest a lot of science. That's why we're, we're already almost five years uh, existing. And people have asked me already in the conference today, so what is your revenue? And I say, um, I say even one, very proudly, one big fat zero. Because <laughs> five years, huge amounts of investment this is science yeah. so it, it takes a long time and if people believe oh yeah i'm gonna do the same you know within uh, two three cycles uh, six to eight months i'm gonna have the same things that you have and i'm gonna sell them no it takes five years to get to the point that we are that is why we actually do have the stable genetics yeah and uh, this is the route that we did we come from the conventional seeds business we're taking the practices, and for the first time, we're inputting them into cannabis. And I think it's the first stepping stone of the cannabis industry to mature and yeah. become a standardized uh, industry. Yeah, and that's another problem that, I, you know, another problem people are facing is standardization and, and getting quality products that are streamlined, you know. And I think this kind of seed genetics probably really helps mass produce this at a scalable kind of rate. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I, I, there's a joke in Hebrew that I can't translate, I believe, to English. But it's like this: the cannabis industry all over the world is like building a penthouse on a high-rise building, but building it from the top down. Right. Okay. <laughs> and there's no foundation. And the foundation in this business is genetics. Yeah. So if there's no stable genetics, you will never have the standardization. You will never be able to go and buy at the store the same time. You receive a very good uh, a vibe, a very good feeling. Uh, you enjoy the product and you go again. I mean, when I buy a Coke, I expect my coke in Israel, oh, yeah. in the US, in England, wherever to be the same. You can't get that in cannabis. Only when you get to the stable genetics like we have, will you get to that point for both recreational and of course medical, you will get the same type of reproducibility and standardization. Yeah. Have, have you found that you've been able to, you know, because like there's the the strands that are very popular and across the board, and then there's like more of the boutique brands that are really trying to get complex, you know, terpenes and, and high uh, THC. Um, when you are these seeds, you know, that you're making right now, are you trying to accomplish all of that? You're trying to get high THC and complex terpenes with, with that stability, or are you finding that you have to sacrifice one or the other for that consistency? Um, we cannot cover the entire uh, spectrum of the market. It's mm -hmm. impossible. As our strategy is to have a few dozen of varieties mm -hmm. that we select according to two criteria. I mean, you have people here growing the same variety in the winter, in the summer, in the autumn, growing it in Washington, growing it in, in California. It doesn't work like that. Agricultural crops, you have to have a specific variety for a specific season mm -hmm. in a specific spot. So, or, or 
already by default, if you understand, yeah. using just one variety, it doesn't fit. It doesn't work like it's that. It's like fruits and vegetables. They're exactly. popular during yeah. certain times of the year. Exactly. Yeah. So we be, we are uh, we're going to have a product profile of a few dozen varieties that are going to be uh, uh, um, selected according to plant performance. So this grows well in the winter. This grows mm. well in the summer. Okay, and from those that fit the summer, winter, wherever, indoor outdoor then we have also selection according to the cannabinoid concentration this is high THC and low CBD high CBD this is even etc etc so we will have a catalog that hopefully covers this spectrum will it fit specifically I want this specific cannabinoid not THC CBD or no, THC whatever or this specific terpene maybe not but if you want the uniformity and the standardization and you're willing to let go of that specific teeny weeny little thing then I'm your guy yeah, I think I think maybe not so much for the boutiques, but for the MSOs that are yeah. going to be doing national production yes. of big big brands that are going to be doing that, they're going to be looking for you know the, your kind of solution. And there's all, and that's that's kind of how the market is today, right? You've got boutique people like let's you know, we've been talking a lot about the comparisons between wine and beer, and you've got the craft wine, and then you've got or the craft beer, and then you've got like the large you know mass produced. Um, like big brands that people like. So I, I think that kind of translates. Right? I'm completely with you. And I like always to bring a metaphor from the conventional agricultural business. Yeah. So from our business, you have the organics guys. Right. Right. The, it's a niche market. So uh, they're uh, about three to four percent of the total market. So they won't buy the conventional seeds. They want their own organic seeds from their own organic varieties. So they won't go to the Monsanto, to the pioneers, to those large sure. uh, multinational companies. So I cater the 95 to 96 percent of the market. So the four or five percent niche boutique. So probably yeah, I can't give a, 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 a solution to them. Maybe if they want to, to invest and to pay me to develop their genetics that would be fit for growing from stable seeds, maybe that's some sort of solution. But I aim for the 95% of the market, not right. for the nation boutique market. Yeah. Well, I mean, there has to be a little bit of everything, right? No, absolutely. There will be. Yeah, 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 a little bit of everything available. That's exciting. I mean, it's it's really interesting to see it be, the industry be at this stage um, and time. And we're meeting a lot of people that are really just getting into the ground floor of what's happening with cannabis and um, how it's going to be blowing up in the next few years. Mm -hmm. As Especially here, as it becomes legalized, it's going to be kind of like a... It's going to be something to look at, you know, something to watch and see. Um, what are you most excited about? I mean, you have a lot of really cool um, technology behind what you're doing. What, what are you most excited about? I would say I'm most excited about being the groundbreaking company. Yeah. I have to say that. I mean... The, the, we've faced so many backlashes of the past five years. People have been telling us, and I still receive emails from master growers in the United States saying that you cannot get to stable seeds. You're, you're bullshitting. This is something possible. This is what so I'm sorry. I'm, I'm breaking, as I said, glass ceilings. Uh -huh. I'm changing concepts. And uh, also being the first company to actually take in this CRISPR technology and being able to, to, to apply it in, in cannabis where so many other people have failed. You have these large uh, growers uh, uh, companies in, in Canada. They failed. You know, the Canopy, the Tilray, the Royal. Yeah. They failed. And me, as a small Israeli company, like, like a small commander unit with limited <laughs> resources, with limited people, we actually managed to solve all those uh, problems that bigger, stronger, and more uh, 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 um, veteran people in the, in the cannabis industry than us, they couldn't solve it. Yeah. This is what I'm really most excited about. So, not to take a step back from what, what you were excited about, but 
um, I find it very interesting that you're mainly the big focus right now is the um, hemp and hemp market. So uh, I'm just curious. So like, is some of the things like trying to get, you know, no THC with the most amount of CBD or literally strengthening, um, you know, the cell walls of the plant, you know, so it's, you know, whatever that hemp, depending on what that hemp's going to be used for, Mm -hmm. do you have some of that same uh, variety with, you know, hemp specific uh, CRISPR technology? So this is exactly what we're doing. And by the way, using this gene editing, this CRISPR technology, I would say the sky is the limit in, in regard to what you can do to the cannabis plant and hemp plant. When I say cannabis, for, for me, hemp is also cannabis, of course. It's the sky is the limit. Anything is possible from in, uh, playing with all the different cannabinoids, from, as you said, changing the plant architecture. Uh, I, I can tell you that one of the uh, of the traits that we're working on, not only does it, it make the plant uh, autoflowering, and by the way, autoflowering, we're not using ruderalis. You can play with a gene that actually turns off and on the plant need to, to, to look at the amount of daylight. So you don't get the, wow. the, the, the genetic drift from ruderalis or the crap. I mean, people cross hemp with ruderalis, and you get a lot of crap from, from ruderalis. In this instance, you take the hemp plant itself and you edit the gene. There's no anything that comes from the ruderalis. So you get a very good, very strong, very vigorous uh, hemp plant. And not only that, this specific gene also makes the flowers appear almost simultaneously. So instead of having, you can say, like floors, mm-hmm. then it, all the flowers more or less appear simultaneously, which makes it much more fitting for mechanical harvesting. Oh, wow. So you reduce the time, you make the, the, the flowers appear simultaneously, and you can then mechanically uh, harvest it, like in cotton, mm-hmm. like in soy, like in all the other agricultural open field crops. Yeah, I know that's such a such a pain, especially for the ones that do it by hand and having everybody do it because it's you know the yeah the flowers growing everywhere in different directions. There's no yeah. way to streamline it. That's incredible. Yeah. Do you think that um, you know this kind of cannabis revolution? Do you think it's opening up um, opportunities for agricultural innovation just in general? That like because I I I've, I mean we we worked with companies before that are in in the agriculture space, but it seems like innovation is slow to uptick there um, because it's such a old legacy market. Um, do you think this is kind of helping infuse a bit of innovation into there? Well. At least in my company, yes. yes Without course, cannabis, we wouldn't have existed. So as right. far as my own personal uh, perspective, that is correct. Maybe also the, there's a lot of shift, as you know, to indoor vertical growing yeah. of vegetables. And I believe that a lot of the solutions that were developed in the past five, six years for cannabis are actually utilized in that. So as far as uh, those innovations in cannabis, then yes. I believe that actually cannabis should take much more from the agriculture industry rather than the agriculture industry taking from cannabis. Mm -hmm. But you will have eventually some sort of a synergy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So what do you guys see as far as like kind of your next five to 10 years, obviously coming into the US market at some point, but um, for cannabis um, and not just hemp, but um, what do you see as like kind of the big industry trends that are gonna be happening? Wow, uh, I have to say, and as honestly as possible, <laughs> I cater the growers. Yeah. I don't set trends in regard, oh, we want these type of flowers, we want that type of cannabinoid. I don't set the trends. Uh-huh. I just bring the solution for the growers that fit the trends of the market. So I don't assume to have any any forecasting or where the market right, is right. going. What I can tell you is that, at least with us, whatever the market is going, we're going to bring the standardization and the uniformity that it needs. Yeah, and the research. And the research. And the research and science. Well, this is awesome. Um, Anything we didn't get to talk about that you are excited about? 
I think we covered. Uh, we covered a lot. Yeah. yeah, we covered a lot. Well, thank you so much. Well, thank I have, you. I have one more yeah, yeah, actually. please, please. Um, so I'm really curious because, like, I know, like, Colorado specifically has uh, recently changed um, the way that they go, you know, seed, you know, to flower. Um, and tracking that between uh, medical and recreational. Mm -hmm. um, and since, you know, you're kind of approaching it of like, you know, the entire U.S., right, like any legal state, um, do, have you found anything so far of like, you know, are more medical people, you know, wanting your help or are more, you know, recreational people um, or they, because I, I think every state's like a little different between how they have to track that, you know, so have you ran into any issues with, you know, trying to keep that legal and good? I received already in the conference some questions like that. Mm -hmm. And as I indicated, we're not medical recreational in the United States, so we're not actually facing so it that. <laughs> it doesn't matter. apply. For it him, it doesn't matter. apply. He's, they're taking the smart approach. They're waiting till <laughs> yeah. all this stuff has been, mm -hmm. yes. you know, cemented. But I had a very good reply. Technically, we have the solution because we have genetic markers. The way that enabled us to actually bring the stable uh, cannabis is that we invested a lot of money in genetic markers. Oh. And with those genetic markers, you can we can actually track our genetics. So if you buy, buy seed from us, let's say that we are already in the medical or recreational marketing here in the, U in the U.S., you buy the seed from us, you propagate the plant, you get the flower, I can test the flower, see the, the, the genetics using my genetic markers, and I can know if it's mine or not mine. So the wow. technical solution, we already have it. Mm -hmm. Do I apply it? Not, not currently. Yeah. Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. Yeah, TBD. <laughs> yes, I like TBD. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, you know, it's been fantastic talking to you. I hope you have an awesome show, and um, hopefully, we can see you guys in the the cannabis market very soon. You will. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, hear more about CRISPR also. Yeah. Yes. Very awesome. exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. The Green Room Podcast is brought to life by Green Seed PR, a cannabis green tech focused PR agency and a dedicated production team of editors, mixers, and showbookers. A huge thank you to the Vessel team for providing their studio for our recordings. Don't forget to subscribe and share the Green Room podcast with friends, colleagues, and family. That way you'll never miss an episode and we can keep the lights on. If you're feeling extra generous, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. You can also find us on Instagram at GreenSeedPR and see the live video versions of all of our podcasts on YouTube. Would you like to be on the guest on the show or do you have a great guest referral? Awesome. Submit your guests at greenseedpr.com slash the hyphen green hyphen room. Thanks for listening and be well.